This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. We're back. We're back. It's a thing. It's a thing. Um, how's it going, everybody? Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Gibbert, today, and I'm hosting the council. My future guests today are council members Sarah O'Hannison, Tim Yuli, and Parshal Tashi. Make sure to tune in every Friday at 1 o'clock, where we get together and talk about work and answer your questions. Uh, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I finally caught up and put all of the previous episodes up there, so you can binge watch this like a really awesome Netflix show, like Startup, Korean drama. It's really good. Um, all this info can be found at superheroinstitute.org slash heroic, and all links will always be in the show notes as well as uh, methods of contacting us. Remember, if you love the show, the best thing you can do is leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That makes us feel really good. So without further ado, let's get started. You know, on the uh, podcast version, uh, during that, like, the hype music part, I say, welcome to the Heroic Council or something like that. It's like, this is the, anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about how to wrap up the end of the year. And I thought what I would do, uh, with the flow of this show, it's going to be a little bit different than previous ones we've done. Uh, I'm going to be sort of playing the, the role of almost like podcast host here because, uh, I'm going to be using my heroic council guests here as truly my guests on this show. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the end of the year, a huge fan of the beginning of the year. They're like two of my most favorite times. So I want to start by kind of introducing the concept of today's show. And then I want to walk through and talk to each of the, the heroes on our council about how they approach the end of the year and the beginning of the year and things like that. So um, for me, the year end, one of the things that I love about it is that it's very quiet. Nobody's really expecting you to have a fast turnaround on emails. People are checked out because of the holidays. They're preparing for New Year's. Nobody's really looking for any deliverables. Everybody's kind of got a very different vibe going on. And because of that, I've always just really appreciated and loved the mental clarity, the space that you have to just think about and reflect upon the past year. So for me, I, I usually like to take the last two weeks of the year. I like to read. I like to catch up on all those articles that I tagged and pinned and didn't have the chance to, to read. I catch up on podcast episodes that I've saved and uh, was meaning to look at. So I really try to take the time to like, clear out some space of like delivering work and thinking more about like, how can I reflect, give my space, my brain the space to breathe and kind of just think about things and, and let ideas crystallize that may have not had the, the rest period to set in. Uh, so I don't do as much in the way of content production. I don't do as much in the way of delivering work, et cetera. So I really love to use the end of the year for that. And I find that taking that time really sets me up so that I can hit the ground running in January. So with that said, that's how I treat the end of the year. That's kind of what I do. That's like how I like to think about it. I'm very energized by the end of the year. I'm very reflective. But then my primary energy happens in January when I hit the ground running full speed. So this is kind of like a calm, chill time. Um, I feel good. I like reflecting, but I'm not like hyped to get stuff done. Whereas in January, I come out of the gate super strong. So now I want to turn it over to the members of the council and say, and ask the question, how do you approach the end of the year? Is it anything like mine or do you have your own ritual? Um, do you take the time to just completely wedge? Do you take the time to catch up on stuff you didn't get done? Like, how do you go about taking the end of the year? Parshel, let's start with you. Yay. For me, I, I'll just start with what I've done this year uh, as I end this year. As I went back and looked at what did I write down at the top of 2019? for what I wanted to do. 
and I uh, went back and just like looked at some of the things that I did and didn't do. So I do that sort of review. Um, I also just kind of do this like internal check. So meaning sort of get away from, from the norm of things, which is easy to do during the holiday season. Um, it's like have a day where I'm just uh, just really, really super reflective and just giving myself everything I need to uh, really just get clarity on what I'm doing. Am I still on track? Is this still something that excites me? Um, and to dream, you know, dream and get, uh, I don't, I have never, I've done vision boards in the past, but you know, I didn't really keep it. I don't know what happened to my vision boards, but, um, but I do just sit down and think like what vision wise do I want to see happen? And I write it down somewhere. So that's in a nutshell, what I tend to do um, around the end of the year to start planning uh, for the next year. Is this, um, you, you mentioned that this is kind of what you're doing this year, but is this kind of a habitual thing that every year you kind of have a, a set number of different things? You've got kind of time set aside for dreaming, time set aside for reflecting. Like, is it is it very structured in the way that you take the end of the year or is it kind of more free form based upon the year and, and how it's gone? Uh, there, there is a little bit of structure to it, but then to just like rethink what I want to do. And um, it is a little bit more loose in that way. It's not super structured. Okay, cool. Uh, so Sarah, you're, you're among the heroes. You are probably our most structured, uh, I would assume. Um, so I'm curious what the end of your year looks like. Is it very structured? Is it very loose? Do you have a process you go through? What's your end of the year? So you know what's interesting is that I think it's important to not have as much structure for once during that time um, because the year is so busy and it's crazy and it's um, without break, especially this year. You know, we, we haven't had vacation like we typically get to have. We haven't had time off as much because most of us are working out of our homes. And so we've actually probably worked more total hours um, and had less breaks than we typically had. So um, I am this year and also recommending to people to take some time to, to have a break, to slow down, to not book as many appointments, uh, take time with family. Because Jeff, like you said, when you are rested and relaxed and, and, and planned going into January, you can have your best January ever. And so I think that that's really important is to honor the fact that rest is the same as reset. And sometimes we need to reset. So um, I guess a little out of character for me is I'm saying less structure can be really, really positive around this end of the year. So does that mean that for you personally, you're kind of clearing your schedule, you're kind of maybe catching up on Netflix shows, not, not planning anything in sort of any sort of rigid structure, but just kind of giving yourself really like rest period? I, I'm trying to, and I, I am sometimes guilty of not being able to do that as well for myself as what I recommend for other people, but I am really going to try to do that. Um, my husband's also had a really busy year. He runs his business, and um, I think it's important for both of us, and we're going to have to to try and compliment each other to say, let's go watch a show for a little bit. Like let's watch a Christmas movie together and sit by the tree. Um, so I think those things are, are really important and I'm, I'm really hoping to do that. 
So what that looks like for me is I've taken less appointments. I have, I am not um, doing certain things during that time. You know, we're not going to be podcasting. Um, certain recurring meetings aren't happening. I have no speaking engagements booked for those two weeks. So just things that typically happen in the course of my week aren't going to be happening. And so naturally my, my uh, schedule is freed up, which will give me a little more time to be unstructured and also just kind of reflect and plan for 2021. Awesome. Tim, I wanted to give you a little bit of time to think about this because I know you like to take time to process things. And, uh, you know, we uh, we all kind of have our different way of doing things and wanted to give you time to think and reflect on it. So now that you've had that, yes. think and reflect on it. Um, what do you do towards the end of the year? I mean, we've known each other for a long time and I, I've kind of seen you do a couple different things towards the end of the year. And um, I'm curious if you've kind of settled into a structured end of the year routine or whether it's still um, something where it kind of is ebbing and flowing till you find your footing. Um, yeah, so I think uh, 2020 is has, is very different uh, or is, yeah, it's very different from um, any year of the year that I've worked like this. Uh, so I think I'm adding a new tradition and going to build a bomb shelter this winter. Um, and then, uh, but, um, at typically I think, um, the, my busiest, I guess, peak part of the year would be between like August and late November, early December. Um, and this, this, uh, year is, is also, um, very much like that, um, I'm coming off of a very busy late end of the late end of the year. I think like because everybody put everything on hold earlier this year. Um, I had I everybody was trying to crunch a lot of creative in like the the third and fourth quarter of the year. Um, so uh, the first thing I'm going to do is just kind of like take it easy, starting probably tomorrow through um, through January first. Um, probably going to do some cooking and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, and then usually in the, uh, in January is a little slow. So typically, so I'm going to take that opportunity to kind of go back and redesign some things, rework things, like go through, be like, what worked this year? What didn't work this year? Um, and that, that includes everything from like my web stuff to like, we were talking about yesterday, like block scheduling and, and agreements and, um, what kind of projects I want to work on and stuff like that. So right now take a break. After January 1st, go back and fix stuff. Got it. Right on. Um, so you just made me think of something with the the cooking comment. Um, so it's interesting. It, it, that's actually a really good analogy for me because so I, I've in my past, I worked in uh, professional kitchens here and there. I started a personal chef service and I was so used to cooking being this thing that I did kind of like under the gun, right? Like you've got like an hour and you've got to turn all of these different plates and you've got all these different dishes and you got to, and like having your mise en place set and everything is like part of what gives you the ability to do that. But now I, I don't have that same pressure when I cook. And, and for me, cooking is a, a major place of relaxation. That's something that Tim and I share is that both of us love to go into the kitchen. That's a great place to clear our head. So oftentimes I'll have the whole family over um, and we have like, you know, we'll have like 16 people over and I'm cooking for everybody. And what I like to do is I like to get in the kitchen super early in the day. So like, I know that it's not going to take me all day to cook all of this food. I know realistically in like two to three hours, if I needed to, I could turn the whole thing, but I like to have the space to breathe. And I feel like the end of the year for me is a little bit like that. It's, it's my time to actually strategize and think and kind of get in the kitchen early, um, and have the space without the pressure of 
the deadline of when the plates need to be up. You know what I mean? And um, it's it's kind of a more meditative approach of addressing your strategy and the way you're thinking about your business and about your life goals and whatever. Um, so that's that tends to be. I think that's that's a good analogy of of how I try, tend to think about the end of the years. It's it's kind of like when I go in the kitchen and I give myself an abundance of extra time. The end of the year is kind of that for me. Um, so I want to talk specifically to each of you about your, your actual years here. So I, I want to get like really deeply personal, uh, slash professional about what's, what's happened in your year. And I'm going to ask you a little bit about, um, kind of things you're proud of, things that you wish you could have done better, things you're taking into next year, all that sort of stuff. So Tim, I want to start with you this year, or, or, or uh, I want to start with you, uh, first, the, the question I want to ask you is when you look back on the year, when you think back on the entirety of 2020, there were a lot of things that happened. There were um, there were successes, there were failures, uh, there were things that you learned from, little you know divots in the road, and then big mountains that you climbed and accomplished. And I want you to think about the entirety of the year, and I want you to try to pick out one thing out of everything that you are most proud of, that you look back on and you have a feeling of accomplishment for having you know conquered something that was otherwise challenging for you. Um, yeah, I guess, um, I, if, it, yeah, I would probably say moving to New York, um, while continuing to work in like, this was, this still happened to be like, the the second half of this year was the busiest, busiest two month or second half of the year that I've ever, um, had and I did that after moving. One of the things that I was super concerned of is if I move from Philly to New York, um, will I lose a lot of my uh, clients and uh, business or my ability to operate well? But um, I was still able to, you know, be at shoots, um, manage all my work. I, I kept all my clients for the most part. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, moving to New York was overall not probably my biggest success. That's awesome. Parshall, what about you? What was your biggest success for the year? When you look back on everything that happened, what's the thing that you're walking into 21, 2021, holding your head high, your chest puffed out, your shoulders back, feeling really good about? Um, you know, for me, I would say starting my first online course or education and being more of a resource. So launching that was something that I was like really proud of and excited to continue to build. So um, and it's not just that, I mean, that's the, that's the result, but what I had to overcome in myself, uh, the work to, um, work on myself and overcome fears and all that stuff. So it's like, that's the stuff I guess I'm really, really proud of, but at the end of the day that helped me to accomplish launching, uh, my first online course. So yeah, that's me. That's very cool. And, uh, we'll definitely put a link to that online course, uh, in the show notes. What was the online course for our listeners? Yeah, this first online course was essentially how to get this video look that I have right here. It's called how to uh, how to have a pro video studio from your home in 30 minutes or less. Solid. All right, cool. We'll put a link to that. Don't know. Sarah, what about you? What's the thing that you're looking at? I feel in my gut like I know what it is, but I'm really <laughs> excited to hear you say the words. What are you most proud of this year? I started my business and um 
It's been awesome and, and a really amazing ride. Um, I am proud of myself for taking the plunge, for doing it. Um, and I'm also really grateful and just impressed, I guess, with the amount of people who have showed me um, just like how to be a good person during this time. Like people have come out of the woodwork to help and to support me. And I think that has just been this tremendous feeling of people have my back and I have so many friends and, and people who want to see me succeed. And that, that has just meant everything to me. So proud of myself and, and just super, super grateful for obviously the three of you and, and everybody else who's just been tremendous to me in 2020. I think that's such an important lesson to learn early on in starting your business, because I remember early in my business, there were times where things got so bad and I felt so alone and entrepreneurship can feel very, very alone. You can feel like it's just you like carrying the boulder up the hill. And I remember one morning I invited my friend Naomi over for like morning coffee and we would just like, you know, talk and catch up on stuff. And I like kind of expressed to her my fears of like, everything's going terrible. My business is going to shut down and I'm going to be, you know, out on the streets. And she was like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like the worst that could possibly ever happen is that you're like sleeping on my couch like that. But like, you are not alone. Like you are not in this by yourself. You have an enormous network of people that love you and want to support you and see you succeed. Are you out of your mind that you think that that's how this could end up? Mm -hmm. And that was actually the first, and that was in 2016, I, 2015, something like that, that that happened, that conversation. And um, it was the first time after like three or four years in business that I actually for, like truly for the first time did not feel like I was alone. So yeah. it's really nice that you got to have that in your first year. And I think it's oh, yeah. for any of the small business people that are listening, for any of the, the, the hustlers, the entrepreneurs, the freelancers, or even if you have a job like and you're thinking like, crap, I can't make it here anymore, like, but I can't quit because this, that, like recognize that you have people, you have people that love you and support you and want to see you succeed. and just coming to remember that now and again, I think is really, really helpful. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I really appreciate that as, as, uh, as a piece of feedback. I personally am like super excited to have seen all three of you and what you've done this year. Um, it's been very personally rewarding for me just as, you know, friends and, uh, industry peers and everything just to see what you're all doing. Um, so now kind of flipping it, right. So you've had the thing that you're like really, really proud of. And obviously you know, growth is a, a super important area and growth comes from failure. Growth comes from not doing everything perfectly, from making mistakes and, and turning it all around. So when you look back on this year and you think about maybe areas where you didn't show up the way you wanted to show up or things that you, you know, just failed miserably at as a business person, even, and it doesn't have to be in business. It could be like what you just didn't show up at home, didn't show up in your relationships, didn't show up for your dog, whatever it could be. Um, what's the thing that looking back on the year you take away as kind of like, this is something that I didn't show up the right way. And it's something that I really want to address moving forward in 2021. Sarah, I'll start with you on this one. Oh, that's such a good question. I, I, I you, I, July was hard for me. Um, I got a puppy. Um, my whole life had, had changed and I, it wasn't so much a failure as it was just a, a learning lesson. And I, I just sort of, it took me a little while to get my footing in July. 
And, and I was, you know, fresh with the business, um, figuring out, you know, how am I operating? What, what products am I offering? How, what's, uh, how am I going to interact with, with clients and different things? And then having this sweet little puppy at the same time, who sometimes in the moment felt like he was terrorizing me. Um, it was just an interesting, like, learning lesson. Um, of course, I came out of that, but it wasn't, I don't know if you can call it a failure so much as just a like, a trial. Guy <laughs> really felt tried in July. So what is what does that look like moving into 2021 as far as like something that you're taking from that that you see like here's an area where I need to grow stronger, right? Like so yeah, you try and lift a heavy box and you're like, crap, it's too heavy. <laughs> I need to work on my squats and my deadlifts, right? Because I need to build more muscle in that area. So you yeah, know, you you had this kind of it's kind of going to be a one in a once in a lifetime, maybe not once in a lifetime, but like kind of unprecedented for you where you went from one type of a career and, and set of ideas and you pivoted to something new, starting a business, you get a dog, like all of these things are kind of, you know, unique situations that you're probably not going to have to deal with in 2021. But there's something there's a characteristic of that. That's an area for your growth. What's that thing that you're focused on that you think, here's an area where I'm going to go to work. And in 2021, I will be stronger. Yeah, well, two um, people have talked to me about this in different ways. Uh, one person I said, well, as soon as that's over, then I'm going to do this. And he said, as soon as that's over, there's going to be another thing, right? Like that thing that is in the way, the thing that's an excuse. Um, and so the other big thing that happened to me this year was my father-in-law passed away. And um, Jeff, you were one of the first people I called because we were supposed to record the podcast this after that, that afternoon. And you said to me, give yourself this time, take as much time as you need, take two weeks if you need to. And honestly, that was such a lesson for me because I thought, oh my gosh, if it's not a puppy, it's a death in the family or someone's ill or you're ill or you have to move, you have to change cities. Like there's always something. And I think that's really the lesson is like whatever that thing is at that moment, know that there's going to be other obstacles. Like that's what what's a guarantee in life, death, taxes and obstacles. Um and I think that that's important to know, like you almost have to build into your business, into your business plan that there's going to be some unforeseen challenges and like 2020, everybody had those. And I think just just knowing that that's going to come, being prepared for that, being resilient over that and having someone like you, Jeff, tell me it's OK to take a break Um I saw Tim a couple of weeks ago and Tim said, Sarah, you don't have to be productive all the time. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's hard for me to not um, be productive, be producing, um, be on top of my game. And so sometimes it's just helpful to say it's OK to, to have time off, to take the time that you need to deal with the obstacle that's in front of you in that moment. A big lesson for me in 2020. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And and that's such an important thing to like, think about your priorities. Like what I, I, you guys ever, I'm sure you do, but you have those things where you kind of like daydream scenarios in your head or like arguments that might happen or whatever. And I, and I remember thinking to myself, um, because in 2021, I'm going to be mostly taking Fridays off entirely to watch my daughter. And I, I thought I had this scenario in my head where like maybe a client was going to be like, well, I need you on Friday. And me in my head saying like, well, my daughter needs me. And do you really think that I'm going to put you above her? Because I'm not. Right. So like having this idea of understanding what your priorities are like and in that moment when, you know, after your father-in-law passed away and we had that conversation, like 
and there's a lot of people who would probably give you different advice or talk to you differently about it. But for me, I'm like, that's literally the most important thing in your world right now. Nothing else is even close and on the radar. I, I, you know, my mother passed away this year as well. And I remember during that time, like there was no question in my mind that I was going to take as much time as I felt like taking. And if anybody had a problem with it, I don't care. It's like completely irrelevant to me. If, if somebody doesn't have the same values as me, that that is a priority in somebody's life at that time, then like, we're not the same kind of, we're not, we're not on the same level, right? Like we're not thinking in the same way about like what life means and what business means in the context of life. Um, you have to figure out what your priorities are. And, you know, I'm glad that our conversation like made that impact on you and made you feel like you had that space, but, you know, kind of on the concerning side is like, I feel like no one should ever have to worry that that's like a thing that you can't do. Like that if you have a death in the family or that if you have a birth in the family or that if you have anything that is about like you as a human being and what's going on with you, there should be no question, I think, that you take whatever time you need. So I'm, I'm really happy that that was a, a good takeaway for you. Um, Parshel, I want to go to you next and ask you about where you're looking to improve this year um, based upon maybe looking back at this year, reflecting upon like, where didn't you show up and where do you want to show up better in 2021? Yeah, I think for me, when thinking about this question, it's really about my commitment and follow through on, even if it's one idea, um, that's something I think as a creative person, um, and for me in particular, I really enjoy starting new things, but if I look up at my goals or whatever it is that I set and I, I kind of got lost or just picked up something else, then, you know, that's something that for me, when I look back at those goals, I'm like, if I really had just kept going, you know what I mean? If I had just stuck to it and not uh, ventured off to something else, maybe it would be it would be here or I'd be much closer. So for me, going into 2021, that's something that I want to do. If I'm going to write it down, it is going to happen. Like, that's just the mindset that I need to have, especially if it's something that has already crossed off uh, criteria myself that I've said I want to do and matches up and aligns with with who I am. So why not? You know, what else is going on there that would keep me from pursuing that or sticking to it or every day just saying this is what I'm doing and I'm just going to keep going at it or dedicating 20 minutes uh, to it or what have you. So um, for me, that's something that I'm excited to develop a little bit more. I think it comes in with um, growth and self-discipline as well um, in certain areas. But again, not in such a way that I'm, it's like, there has to be a balance to it too. You know what I mean? Like I can't be like a freaking robot. Um, but I just, I think that it's like, I'm trying to find this, I'm trying to find the ways, you know what I mean? I'm trying to, to do that. And I think we all are, I think we're all trying to figure it out. And a big area for me is commitment and follow through for something that I said that was the important to me and that I wanted to do point blank. If that's the case and I say, then that's, then that's, should, that's the reality that should be happening and there should be any doubts with that. So that's for me. I love it. That, so that's actually one of the things that I took on in 2020. Um, and I can tell you that it, it is totally doable. Um, and, uh, and I, and I really look forward to your 2021 becoming that, um, I very much am, am always looking to be more disciplined, have better follow through, do the things I say I'm going to do. And, um, and you know, it's frustrating when like, you know, like I had a goal of like something like 25 push-ups a day or something like that. And I like just obliterated that goal, uh, 
very early on, like just in, in the sense of like, I blew it up, it wasn't going to happen. Um, so those things are frustrating. But you know, it kind of to your point, it's like, you want to get better, you don't have to be the best at it, right? You, you just want to get better than you were. It's like an area of growth. But you don't have to be fully grown up at the end of the year with it, you can just improve little bits here and there. Um, so I, I fully support that goal. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with it and, uh, and how it turns out for you. Tim, Thanks. what about you? What's, uh, what's something that when you look back on the year, you're like, damn it, man, I could have been so much better. And in 2021, I shall be. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to pass because I think I had a perfect year. Nailed it. Perfect. I actually like, I was thinking like, I, I've kind of felt like a, uh, an, an awkward teenage year for my business. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, I kind of feel like an adult and a real professional in this space. But at the same time, I kept making a lot of stupid, clumsy, like uh, mistakes, like throughout it, like. I, um, in a lot of ways, like last year, I feel like in general, um, with my clients, it was almost like, like I had almost like a, I don't want to say perfect year, but I had like, I I didn't run into any really major issues with clients last year. And then this year it was like, I was working on like bigger, more complex projects and, um, and, and managing them was like, uh, like, yeah, managing them was unexpectedly more difficult. And that should have been obvious that it was going to be more difficult, but it was hard for me to gauge. Uh, it was hard for me to gauge how challenging some of these experiences would, would be. Like, I didn't realize sometimes that there was an issue until it was like, uh, the issue just happened, you know, like where like in the past I was like, oh, like, I feel like some like like something's gonna need to be addressed soon. Like I had this one project I was working on where like I felt totally cool, like the project was in a really good place, and then an issue came came up and passed, and I didn't even see it coming or or realize that it happened until like shortly after it happened. You know, um, I I think uh, also like in a lot of ways I've been more direct in my communication, which is good. Um, and I've been more like outline, like better at outlining, like what needs to happen if this project is going to be successful. But I think how I communicate that needs to be like massaged a little bit because it's been in kind of like, a, um, cause, cause you know, if you say like, like if I'm like, I need these things and you don't say it in the right way, it could come off a little um, a little abrasive. And I, and I think I need to find a better way to, to communicate the things I need sometimes to clients. So is it primarily client communication, client management, the inclusive of client communication, you know, time management, like kind of what's the area that you're going to be focusing on in 2021 to alleviate Mm. these things? I'm going to say like all of those things, like, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't one specific area. D, all of the above. Well, you know, when you're like first tackling something and like, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like you're hunting a big whale. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's a giant whale. It's right there. You know what I mean? But like, like, as you start tackling the problems, the problems are like, the problems aren't as big and obvious. You know what I mean? They're more like these little tiny fish and you're like, I can't grab them all. They're all slipping through the net. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. Like I've gotten overall better in all these areas, and but the problems are harder to notice because they're not as obvious as they were like a year ago or two years ago. Because like in general, I have things controlled, but like there's a lot of stuff that's slipping through the net because it's like harder to see now. 
Makes sense. Makes sense. So all of these are things that like you look back on the year, you've got all of these things that you're, you know, you've got a few things you've mentioned that you're proud of. And those are things that obviously you want to carry through into 2021. A couple of things that you look at and you said, I could do that better. And obviously you want to take those into 2021. So getting super specific and maybe getting out of um, kind of an overall perspective, like let's take it down from the 36,000 feet and bring it down to ground level. Let's land this plane and let's talk specifically about projects. So all of us are involved in more projects than we can handle. It's a thing that we do. We take on all of these things. We have content projects. We have partnerships. We have these ideas that we start to fiddle with. And we get to a point where we're a little bit overextended and we can't get everything done. Or maybe clients start taking up that time where we wanted to work on X, Y, or Z. So you look back on 2020 and you think about all the different things that you had put on your to-do list, the big, bold ideas, the things outside of client work. So this is stuff that's non-billable. These are not people paying you for it. These are projects that you willingly decided you wanted to work on. What projects did you not get done this year that you're hoping to get done in 2021? Partly kind of giving our, our listeners a little bit of a glimpse of what to expect in 2021, hopefully, by saying it out loud, giving yourself a little bit of accountability that this is a thing that will get done. Um, and then overall, just kind of like being reflective on like, maybe I'm trying to take on too many things, or maybe, uh, you know, I'm, I need to work on my time management to fit them all in. So, um, Parshal, let's start with you on this one. And you said it's specifically a project that is like a pro bono project? Or just not necessarily that... like, um, like let, let's say you wanted to write a book, but you didn't write more than like one chapter, right? Or let's say you wanted to make uh, a video series or an online course, or you want to do Instagram every week, or you wanted to, so like the sort of things where you're like, this is a thing that it, maybe in January, you were like this year, I'm gonna blah. And, or maybe in sometime in like April, you're like, brilliant idea. I'm going to build this thing. And then you just didn't. So when you look back on 2020 and you think about any of those projects that were like, oh man, this is the best idea in the world. I'm totally going to do this and it's going to make a difference. And then you don't get it done. What's one of those things that happened in 2020 that you're particularly disappointed that you didn't get across the finish line that you wish you did and that maybe, hopefully, we'll see happen in 2021? I would say thanks. Can I do two? <laughs> uh, so many things I'll, I wanted to I'll do. Allow it. One. Okay, cool. Uh, one of them is uh, is a project that was, uh, and I wrote it down. I had like a pitch deck and everything. I think it was a matter of just getting it produced and getting out there. Um, and the concept was around creating a new message around fatherhood and how essential it is. So um, especially between fathers and daughters. And so this project, um, you know, I just, I, I wanted to just showcase that in some way. I was meeting some really interesting people and and wanted to do it so i started to kind of put it together and then tried to share it a couple times and then just lost steam like i said back to my weakness and area of improvement is just follow through and commitment to it um so that's one project um another one which is like a little bit of an aside and more of like a law of manifestation test um was to write a, a letter to, to one of my friends if you will write a letter and in a in an envelope. Actually, the, the initial idea was to write like this full book, but then I was like, that might be too much. Just just get out what you have to say, and maybe it'll be long enough to be a short book or just a letter. But the point is, was to write it to an icon that I don't know how I would ever meet. 
I don't know how the the stars would align for this to happen, but um, it would just be my just my a letter of gratitude to this person, and I would have it on my person wherever I would go with in, with the anticipation that one day I'll meet this person and my it'll be indicative of how powerful I am and other people around me just to make this happen. So it's it's a letter to Oprah. So um, that's what I want to do somehow, some way I'm going to be out and I'm going to be like, wait, I have something for you. <laughs> and then I'm going to come back like I wrote this like two years ago. So just to just to practice and have like some point of like how that could happen um, to create that moment. So that's something I wanted to do. But I think, like I said, it went from like, oh, I'm just going to write everything, whatever. It'll be like this full blown book. And I'm a freaking letter and over with and do it. And Whatever. So yeah, that's that. That's the two things that I wanted to do last year that um, I put off. One had to do with commitment and follow through that I want to improve next year. The other one is just freaking fear. <laughs> Will this actually happen? Kind of stuff. So it's it's a good challenge. And twenty twenty one, you guys should. I'll have some letter that'll be on my person. So ask me about it when I see you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I promise that I will. That is so cool. <laughs> Um, Sarah, you want to go next? Talk to me about any projects you didn't get done this year? Sure. So one of them involved Parshell um, doing a, a course about being a CMO and Parshell is going to help me doing some of the video content for that and how to uh, manage all your assets as a busy marketing professional. The other is my course on productivity and time management. <laughs> Ironically, um, the, the good thing was I got paying clients and speaking engagements and things that got in my way this year were actually really positive things. So when I launched my business, I thought, oh, I'll have plenty of time to build my course. Um, Jeff, you had actually encouraged me to think about, you know, getting those paying clients first. And I did. <laughs> But then they kind of got in the way of my course. So um, it's interesting. It's like sometimes a, a, it's a good problem to have, but it does derail you from those goals that you that you had. And, you know, time management is all about setting priorities. And this year I prioritized those things over the course. Um, in the beginning of 2021, I really want to um, I feel like I have the, the clients and the speaking engagements pretty well managed now. And I want to definitely carve out some time to get the course ready because it'll help me serve even more, more people just on a different level. Rockin', rockin'. Timbo, what do you think? You got something that you didn't do this year that you really should have? Well, next year, um, I, I want to be a, a better business owner. Um, in general, I think like, you know, uh, typically I focus mostly on like, oh, am I good enough um, video producer or creative in general? Um, and next year I want to like be able to look back and be like, oh, I feel pretty confident as a business owner and as somebody who can manage a business. So what specific projects would have been missed this year that if you were to accomplish them in 2021 would make you a better business owner? So specifically like project-based things that you could deliver for your business that would help you to sit in a position where you feel more confident. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure like I want to be able to uh, control and manage like uh, my financial inputs and outputs. Um, being able to like really understand how much I'm making for the time I'm putting into projects, um, how many projects I can reasonably take on at a time, and how is that going to affect like how much I'm charging. Um, uh, yeah, and um, and making sure like I have 
like um, like stronger agreements. Um, so like both me and the client are better protected and we both have a clear, super clear understanding of like, like whose responsibility is what, um, in, on the projects we work on. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So the question is coming out of this, we've just identified a couple different projects that you all have said, I didn't get them done in 2020. They're super important. Should really consider doing them in 2021. So who among you is setting aside time before the end of the year to place it on your calendar to get done in 2021? Are you, is this going to be a pipe dream, a wish, something that you have, or are you actually going to set aside the time on your calendar to make it done? Hands up if you're going to, and leave your hand down if you're just going to try and wing it and get it done this year. <laughs> Parshall with the slow hand raise. Like... I guess. <laughs> So I mean, look, it, it, in uh, in my experience, the one thing that I found in terms of, so I ask myself these questions at the end of every year. I think about these things and more. And when I think about the projects thing, the the first first hurdle to cover to to, to pass is, should I even do this? Right? Like I have, I have lots of ideas. So the first thing is like, is this something that's still important to me? Should I do it or not? So first thing, is this still a priority? Is this still a good idea? And then if it is, I really try to, you know, as part of that starting off the year strong, I try to put it on the calendar and I protect that time. Nobody can take it. Nobody can book something over it. It's protected. It's a thing that's going to happen. It's like a vacation, right? So I would encourage if you have those projects, you put them on your schedule. So the question I want to wrap the, the year-end wrap episode on is, um, you know, right now it's what, December 18th. We have not that much time, about two weeks, a little bit less than that, right? Math about two weeks before we're in 2021. We've got the holidays coming up. So there's going to be that time where you're chilling with family or doing whatever you do over the holidays. So, you know, we've got a little space of time where there's time that's usable time. That's not what's one thing that you either want to get accomplished during this final period of the, the year, or one thing that you just want to spend a little bit of time sitting down, thinking about, and planning out for next year? What's one thing that you're going to commit to right here, live on air on the Heroic Council that you're going to either do or think about for the following year? And in this case, I'll let any of you raise your hand to go first. Parshall with the slow raise, no? (laughs) (laughs) Jump at once. Jeez. I'm going to, I'll go, I'm going to spend time uh, with my course getting my course ready because I do think productivity in 2021 is still going to be a struggle for people. I mean, it's always a struggle, but we're probably still going to be home for the first half of the year. I I would imagine some people are never going to go back to work in the same capacity. And I think this burnout and frustration that happened in 2021 at such a dramatic level is is going to continue. And a lot of people are telling me right now, the novelty of working home is wearing off, it's lost its luster. Like it's, I think this working from home experience is gonna get harder for people actually before it gets better. So that's a real motivator for me to finish the course, get this ready for early in 2021, because I really think people need it. And I think it can help people. <laughs> and I 
the end of the day, that's why I started the business is to just help more people, help as many people as I possibly can. And the course is a way to scale. Um, I can't work with everybody one on one, but it's a way to scale my message and to help as many people as possible. So that is a good motivator for me for the end of 2020. Love it. Love it. Tim Parshall, who's up next? Parshall would love to go next. All right, Parshall with the <laughs> slow hand You go well, volunteer. Take <laughs> um, you know, for me, now that I brought up that uh, Oprah letter conversation, I really think that there's no reason why I can't in my downtime and in my uh, reflective time at the end of the year just to do that uh, and to do it for me. So that's something I'm committing to doing before end of the year and i think that just that intention and going into next year just uh you know i'm, I'm starting off with a win this is there i, I said to do this putting it out there for it to happen chances are it might happen which i think is pretty cool so solid uh, and i know that, oprah's yeah. watching right now so she's gonna be expecting it so yeah. do not let she, oprah she's our one right now <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's awesome yeah Tim, what about you? Can, can you restate the question again? The question is, you've got about two weeks until it's 2021-ish, around that amount. Um, what are you going to do in this time? Either something you're going to get done, you can take down that's important uh, with sort of the more downtime that you have, or alternatively, just something you can think about and start to kind of resolve in your mind to allow you to start January out on a powerful foot. Hmm. Um. That's really hard. I, I think I think um, I, I'm, I'm trying to get in a space where I'm like, like not in like survival mode anymore. Like and I don't make decisions based on survival mode. And because uh, I think that's something that's helpful when like, you know, you're just starting and you got to like literally take everything that comes your way to get by. Um, but me, I just kind of want to like leave that headspace um, because I think it's counterproductive now and I still get in myself that like I still get in that way like I take I take projects that probably it was counterproductive for me to take them because it filled up my schedule and I couldn't do other things you know what I mean spend my time on other things and I'm just because like at that moment I'm like oh it's extra money I need to take literally every every opportunity I get to make some extra money um and and so like I feel like if I can leave that that headspace then I um I just overall be a lot more productive and like my my overall like growth would be a little bit more exponential Word. Awesome. Well, it was uh, one. Thank you all for being vulnerable and sharing uh, about your years, about what you've been proud of, what you were uh, disappointed with and or, or just feel like you could have done better, uh, what you're doing for next year, what your end of year routines are, all that stuff. It's very, very cool that uh, that you're all willing to share that. And hopefully the, the people that are listening in and hearing about our different processes and what we're about and what we're taking on and how we're dealing with overcoming struggle and everything. I hope that's been valuable for all the people listening. Um, so just to kind of wrap up, we, we move into the kind of, what are you into, uh, right now? And, um, we didn't set up in advance who that's going to be. So is anybody into something right now that they're like super jazzed about partial with the fast hand raise, <laughs> what you got? So there's this new social media app. Uh, it's for iPhone right now, uh, but it's called Clubhouse. Yep. And it is so freaking cool. I mean, it just changed the game for like social engagement because it's audio only. 
And it's like you're on a live pod in any room that you want on all kinds of topics. And you can be invited onto the stage to also like contribute to the conversation. But it's very different, um, you know, nothing that I've seen before. So literally when I open up the app, um, I see these different rooms and I can see who's in the room if, if someone who's in my network or that I follow is in that room too. Um, but anyway, there's all kinds of subjects. You can jump in the room. You can just sit there and listen. You think about the way you listen to a podcast, you know, like you could be washing dishes or doing other things. You can be doing that and just listening in on this really interesting conversation about a very specific topic. And then there's networking that happens as well. People get, you know, you can also jump, you know, uh, ask to be on stage hit a little button to raise the hand, they can uh, bring you on the stage. And when that happens, people are listening. And as you talk, like your, your icon illuminates. So people can click on your icon, see a quick profile about you. Um, and, 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 you know, you can engage. There's a lot of networking happening right now, like B2B, like all kinds of stuff. I think to some extent it depends on who you follow in terms of what they're going to feed you with the initial rooms that you can join and be a part of. But you're destined to find something that is like of interest. So, I mean, I've connected with a ton of people just being on it. And I've been asked, you know, I would raise my hand to be a, to, in front of the room. And I was in front of like 150 some odd people talking about the answer, you know, just jumping in the question um, or whatever the topic was. So I highly recommend it. It is for iPhone only. It is by invite only because it's not public yet. So I feel like there's, it's a, they're just testing it out right now, but it is a huge, huge wave uh, on that. So Clubhouse is where it's at. So I just got my invite this morning. Um, and so I have five invites to give out. So Tim or Sarah, if either of you need it. And Parshall, I know we're already connected on it. Yeah. I haven't gone into any rooms just yet. The one thing is we can't, they don't record the episodes, which I think is kind of a missed opportunity. I know that they're like, oh, you have to be there for it. But I personally... I'm just not into that. I, I mean, I'm into it. It's fine. But like, I feel like you should have the option to at least record it because then you're creating content and it's a novel idea of getting multiple people involved and having a dynamic show. You might as well have both, but who knows after I listen in on my first clubhouse, maybe I'll change my tune, but I don't think that I will. I'd love an invite. That would be really cool. And we could, we could definitely start our own room in there and have like a really good topic. And by, you know, we would have actual kind of like, it's, it's no different than this, except like you said, we're recording this, mm -hmm. but at the other one, because other people that are on the app can join in and we could have, I don't know how many people in the conversation that are engaging with us that we're bringing up to the stage to contribute. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for it, but I, I see what you're saying too, Jeff, like you can't record it. So it makes it difficult, but it's something yeah. special about it too. It makes you listen. And there's a whole like uh, uh, side website, clubhouse notes or something like that. Um, and the whole thing is like note taking. So being a good note taker for some of these conversations can allow you, I don't know, some sort of, you know, to the ability to be a resource just because of the nature yeah. of the app itself. So it's, it's cool opportunities, really good stuff and interesting ways that people are already using also, it and connecting with people. Like I could, I could see like a benefit to not being recorded and being, having it posted somewhere. Yeah. Like, I mean, like if you're just like an amateur on this conversation and like being able to talk about something and looking like an idiot and not worrying whether it's going to go viral later, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I might, think it's at least the option, right? Like, so if you're, if you're a band of experts and you want to allow experts to come in and talk about something, like you should be able to record that and make it into content. Like I, I'm not saying everyone should be recorded. I'm saying you should have the option to record it and use it as content. Um, it, it makes me think of like, so the superhero hangout, like we don't record that 
typically like we've recorded like one or two for one reason or another, but the hangout is, is live over zoom. We all talk and it's like a thing. Um, I was thinking that clubhouse would probably be a really interesting experiment to do for the superhero hangout. Just let people come in via audio. Um, well, the, I mean, the difference between like, like when you guys do the hangout and this is like, you're just jumping into random people's rooms, right? Like, so like when you have your hangout, like you're like, there's a certain set of invited people, but like in this clubhouse thing, it sounds like you can just kind of jump into conversations with anonymous people. And I, I imagine like, while there's a benefit to it being recorded, I could also see the benefit to like being able to jump into rooms with like people you don't know and not having it recorded because I could see that ending poorly too. And Yeah, totally. And like the other thing is because you can't see each other, there's no, there's no visual cues for like, I, I would like to jump. So like, if you have like five people that are like on stage, like it could just turn into one of those conference calls where you're like, I have no idea what's happening. Whereas mm -hmm. like a video, we all kind of can see each other and we're like, Oh, I have something to say, or I would like to contribute next. And like, there's a, there's kind of like a, there's something there that gives some signaling. Whereas like I could imagine clubhouse could turn into like a, just a, a very awkward uh, conference call, but the kind of Tim, to your point of like invited people because clubhouse automatically mutes people when they first come in, you don't necessarily have the issue of like people coming in and just shouting dumb shit. You can, you can, you know, decide to let them up and talk or not. So there's that, I don't know, like I, my jury's still out. I con conceptually, I like audio becoming more of a thing. I've been podcasting since 2013 and I like it. Um, so I like this as an idea. And I think my, my big gripe with it when I first heard about it was just that like, there's no recording of it. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. The, the best way to, to, to jump in and understand it is just to just test it out. Try it, you know, and understand and see what, yeah. Cause you'll find, I mean, there'd be like 500 people in a room, but only four people are on the stage. You know, it's like, it, it could be, structured in terms of like a small event or something like that. But people are already doing like brand deals on this. They're already like um, being paid to host, let's say a, a room on a topic and they talk about whatever the sponsor want to, you know, do like a beginning, mid and yeah. uh, post role of an, of, so it's, it's really, it's powerful. It's really interesting. So I'm keeping my eye yeah. on it. It's really neat and encourage you guys to check it out. I'll give it a look at some point, maybe over the weekend, I'll jump into it. I just, like I said, I just got it this morning and uh and got into it. So, um, yeah, for all of you out there, find us. I'm Jay Gibbard on it. Um, well, thank you for tuning into another episode of the Heroic Council. Uh, you can't tune in next week because we're not going to be here. We're off next week. Uh, I believe we're going to be off the following week. We will be back in January. And when we come back in January, the uh, Heroic Council will be moving to a new time slot. We'll be moving to 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Mondays. Uh, it will follow the Superhero Hangout. So for those of you who have ever attended a Superhero Hangout and then watched the Heroic Council, now you can do them back to back. So jump in the Superhero Hangout, have a conversation with us about whatever we're talking about, and then watch the Heroic Council. And uh, in, in 2021, one of the things I'm really hoping for with the Heroic Council is, one, I want to start bringing in some guests. I think that's cool. And then also I want to start to get a little bit more engagement with the audience and have people ask more questions and, you know, just kind of like we, I, I think we were not super structured in our promotion and our, our various aspects of it. And it's partly because we all are doing a hundred other things and, you know, we're all trying to coordinate coming together on this, but hopefully for 2021, I want us to, to build this out even more. I, I love spending the time with the three of you, um, really enjoy the, the different topics we talk about. I like the format of this, having done a, a kind of one-on-one -on -one podcast for so many years, 
uh, I find this format is it's really enjoyable, like a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different stories. So um, I've had a really good time with you all in 2020. I look forward to more council activities in 2021. And um, I guess we'll see all of you next year. And uh, remember to like and subscribe and all that sort of stuff. If you're on YouTube, if you are on a podcast platform, please subscribe and jump over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. And we love you. Check the show notes to connect with any of us and find all the places where you can subscribe. Talk to you later. This has been the Heroic Council 2020. We're out.